Hello and welcome to another episode of Operation Limitless. This is the show where you hear directly from people in the top 1% in the world at what we what they do. We focus on how average people ended up achieving incredible triumphs through confidence, grit, determination, and a quest for personal mastery. The goal of our show is to uncover and share the commonalities of incredible human beings and build a model from which others can lead a limitless life. And as always, we have our team on, uh, Mark Peterson, Sal Rosano, Bill Schiffenauer and myself, and we have the uh, esteemed honor of being with Mr. Art Winford today, the owner of CPC Ninja, uh, a, a very high-level uh, advertising agency you know, with Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, that kind of thing. But Art's story is much, much deeper than that. He has taken a set of skills from the military, traveled the world, um, lived overseas in several countries and created his his empire, if you will, um, through hard work, dedication, focus, those things. So, Art, thank you for being on the show today. It's a pleasure to have you with us all the way from North Carolina. Thank you, Brett. It's an honor to be here. <laughs> and uh, Art, you've got a you've got a pretty incredible story. So, if you wouldn't mind just kind of giving us the overview of that, and I'm sure the team's got a lot of questions because you've done some incredible things and you're helping out a lot of people with your work that you do now. So, yes, thank you. you yeah, I um, well, it started when I ran away from home. Actually, I think I was, I think I was 16 years old, and then I lived in a a restaurant, a Chinese restaurant, and I worked with them for a while. And you know, to be honest. I saw the reality of life at a young age, uh, working 12 hours a day, seven days a week. That's, to me, that was pretty hard and at that age, and I, I couldn't do it. So I went back home and finished school, and then I decided to go in the Marine Corps. Um, so when I, I went in the Corps, uh, we did about you know two tours in Iraq, one in Afghanistan. And I was with this unit. And uh, right when I was getting out, I had a choice to either stay in or obviously get out. And then I was approached by a, a mercenary group called Blackwater. And then right from there, I went straight and worked contracting overseas. And the amount of money compared to the military doing that work was just game changing for me. So... You know, after after a while, I traveled the world, and we had a, like a three-month-on, one-month-off type of shift. Um, you know, so we would work in Iraq, and then for three months, and then after that, one month, we would take a vacation. So I traveled to Thailand, Japan, China. And what got me to China really was um, my wife. I, I got married in, um, to a Chinese there, and then right after I got laid off, from contract, the contract, you know, went dead. I decided to go into business and taking what I learned from the Marine Corps, uh, small unit leadership and, and, and the ability, the mindset to when you encounter, you know, market resistance and failure to keep pushing on and keep pushing on and to keep pushing on. That's what helped me get through my speed bumps, my brick walls, and that's what helped me succeed. Um, and started off rough, and I'm giving you the good story. The bad <laughs> story is, yeah, I started a company, uh, 
called MyMemoryDolls.com, where we sell wedding cake toppers. And uh, <laughs> it was great. It, it, you know, we I hired an SEO company. We did some black hat techniques and got to page one in a matter of five to six months. And we were making seven figures a year. Um, and then after that, Google slapped us. And, you know, we went from page one to page four to page seven to page two, two, 200. And I lost everything practically overnight and had to lay off employees. And, uh, you know, I hated that feeling. And I promised myself I would never allow that to happen again. So that's what got me into pay-per-click advertising. Because with pay-per-click advertising, with SEO, you, you, you're waiting to get ranked. And they have control. But with pay-per-click, you have control. You can rank immediately. You can raise the budget and get more you can lower the budget and get less you can turn the ads off you can turn it back on so you have control and then long story short after we did that then i started to get clients and they asked for consulting and i started to consult and then they asked for done for you and that done for you turned into a marketing agency and back in 2013 um i was still working as a contractor and doing the business at the same time uh, as a, you know, I would, I would work and do missions in Afghanistan in the morning um, and then come back and do business at night. And um, after that, we started to grow quickly through referrals and groups. Um, and then we scaled from where we were back then to almost hitting eight figures a year. And now I've got about 53 staff. Um, just with that one marketing agency alone. And that was just a game changer for, for all of us. And mm -hmm. I decided to get out of contracting and live full time in China. And then I got investments that I have in China. Um, I got other companies in China that I managed to. And a lot of my employees are in China. And, and, it, and it worked out really well. Um, and then COVID hit. <laughs> and it, it, it raped us. COVID hit. Um, and then my wife at the time, she was panicking and they decided to go to the States. I wanted to stay. So they went to the States and then I started to see everything get locked down and roadblocks and, and everything. And, and that started to scare me, but I still wanted to just hang it out. I thought that this would just pass after a few weeks and they were really, really strict in China. They were. They were locking people in their apartments, literally. And, you know, it was crazy. So with my one bag, one T-shirt and two pairs of jeans, I went to Thailand <laughs> and just decided to stay there for a month. Well, it, I, I decided to stay there for a week, but it turned into a month. And then it was it was still locked down. Nobody in or out. So we then I said, well, I guess I better hit the go to the States. <laughs> I came to the States with just uh, practically nothing and then just started from scratch again. I still got uh, three properties in China that's just collecting dust. Um, one property in, in Yokohama, Japan, that's just collecting dust. And uh, practically that's just been here ever since. But I bought a house here, you know, bought clothes here and, and then started from scratch again. 
<laughs> so you, how did you end up getting out of Thailand? Were you able to just get a commercial flight or did you like charter a plane to get out? Or how did you get out of there if it was that long? Yeah, so back then, only China had COVID. It wasn't everywhere else. So Thailand was, it wasn't really even started to get infected yet. So everything was kind of still open and we could just get commercially out, you know, straight here. And then once it started to hit um, the States, it was practically hitting everywhere in the world almost at the same time. I, honestly, I think the States were, I think the States were last, if not, if I'm not right, correct. Uh, Thailand was next and then the States were starting to lock down next, but yeah, we were able to get out quick and everything was still open. Everything was, you know, nobody was wearing masks. And then after a while, you know, everyone is wearing masks. You've got to, mm -hmm. in order to get into the country, you've got to take a test and then arrive and take a test and then quarantine in the hotel for a week and then take another test. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Um, I'm just going to open it up to the to the team because I, I know your story pretty well. I'll, I'll kind of infuse questions where it seems appropriate. Who's got a Who's got a question for? Yeah, go ahead, I Mark. Talk, I want to. First of all, I love the stories of of being able to take skills and transfer them to other areas of life. Right, you took your military disciplines and your skills, and you've applied them to the several businesses that you've started. Um, but I, I, my question is going to start with: uh, What did you have for breakfast, Art, and why did you choose that today? Uh, I woke up a little earlier today. I, I honestly don't wake up early on Saturdays. I sleep. Like I told Brett, um, my ideas come at night instead of in the morning. In the morning, it takes me about two hours to still know where I am. Sounds <laughs> applauding and, here. <laughs> um, I decided to eat. I ate one slice of bacon. I air fried some potatoes. And I ate about 10 egg whites and and two yolk it's about 12 eggs um and uh one waffle i don't never do waffles except for the weekends <laughs> so why did you pick that um because i was hungry i was <laughs> starving um and i think because i'm a bodybuilder too so i eat at no yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what I usually see Art in the tank top when we're having our weekly conversation, and he, he's he uh, he's looking pretty buff most of the time. Dude, I thought you said you. you I, I normally see Art in his his bodybuilding shorts when he's on stage. I was like, that's a weird business meeting, man. It's a weird business meeting. So obviously, Art, that's kind of a weird question, right? Why did you? What did you have for breakfast, and why did you choose it? But one of the things that we want to do here at Operation Limitless is point out the daily habits that people have that lead them down the road to their goals, to the next thing that you're trying to do. So everything you do is done on purpose. You didn't just wake up and, oh, okay, there's a bowl of tutti fruities and throw some milk in it and have that. You chose, all right, I am bodybuilding, so I need my egg whites. I am, I got to have me some some air fried potatoes because I need me a little bit of carbs for my workout. 
Um, and uh, I had my bacon because I, I need that fat. I got to have some fat mixed with, with all that stuff. And then the waffle just cuz. <laughs> but I mean, you, you, you made a choice. And so what daily choices or things are you doing right now in this whole kind of start over venture that you're doing? What, what daily choices do you think our listeners need to know that they sh- could be choosing in order to make this start over work for you? Right. Well, I'll tell you what I used to do. That was a bad habit. I used to wake up and go straight to the office and check my emails. And, you know, with all the businesses you've got, you've got problems, right? So what I was doing was I was going and starting my day off looking at my problems. And then, you know, that whole day just started off with problems. So instead of doing that, I decided to do affirmation. So in the mornings, right when after I ate, I would go downstairs to the office and then I would read a chapter out of a book called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. I love that and then, book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I would start my affirmations and I would repeat over and over what my goals were for that week and why I wanted to accomplish them. And that kind of helped set my mindset for, um, for the work that I was going to do that day. It would help me remember because it was a reminder and I needed that reminder because I got too comfortable making so much money. I got comfortable and lazy. And then that was one of my worst habits that I developed was getting comfortable and getting lazy because of that comfort. Mm-hmm. Well, sure. uh, that's awesome because obviously being uncomfortable and getting used to being uncomfortable is where a lot of people's successes go. But I really like that. And I, I hope the listeners are paying attention that um, you, instead of starting your day out, looking at all of the things that, you know, and those can just lead you down rabbit holes that eventually all you're doing all day long is thinking about the, 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 uh, the problems and the issues that you got to deal with. Um, you're, 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 you're making a conscience effort to start on something positive to put yourself in a better place to where when you do see those problems, you're able to attack them. Cool. Thank you. You answered my question. I appreciate that. Thank you. Sal, looked like you had a question. <laughs> you don't even have, have to raise your hand, pal. Well, I do with this group. Yes, I do. <laughs> hey, Art, it's a pleasure to meet you. It really Glad is. to meet you, too. Uh, I'm gonna be honest. I don't miss North Kagalaki. I'm not. I'm. I don't miss it with one ounce of my soul. <laughs> I love the East Coast. I'm an East Coast boy, but I don't miss North Carolina. You know, my, obviously, you're pretty successful and you've done a lot of things. But I'm gonna go a little bit on the dark side. So a lot of dudes coming out of the military don't have the um, the drive you have, or let's say the the motivation to push forward and use some of those skills. So mine's kind of a two-part question. Mm. The U.S. military, in my opinion, offers young men some of the best training mentally they will ever receive in their entire life. Mm. Um, you learn everything from individuality to how to work on a team, how to respect your leadership, all that good stuff. You clearly took what you've learned and became successful using that. So one, how did you do that? 
for mm-hmm. our listeners out there. And two, what would you say to some of the guys coming out? Because we all know that the military right now doesn't translate very well coming out and getting into a similar profession or, sorry, this is long-winded, guys, um, a similar profession or being able to utilize those skills, right? Like a medic coming out of the military, you can do anything in the military. You come out in the civilian world, you're lucky if you can take a temperature, right? Absolutely. And so my question is for everybody out there, like one, how did you do it? And two, what would you, what advice would you give our listeners to make that transformation? You like that, Brett? You like that word? I like that transformation word. Transformation from the skills you developed as a young Marine to now where you are. Because I think a lot of people out there really could use that advice. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, With my unit, we were quite unlucky um, whenever we were on our deployments and and I've lost a lot of friends and a lot of the people that I was with that got out when I did get out, they didn't transfer over to anything and some of them struggled with drugs and alcohol and and um, all types of abuse and and some of them are, are not living with us among these days. I was talking to one of my friends a long time ago, and, and he, we were telling that hey, we've lost more people due to suicide than we have lost, you know, actually in theater. What I think what really helped me whenever we got out, I didn't really feel like I got out. I still did the same kind of work, so to speak, but as a civilian contractor. So I kind of stayed in a war zone for practically seven to eight years of my life. Then when I moved to China, I kind of treated China like I was on a deployment. It was still a deployment to me. Yeah. Only when I finally settled here in the States is where it was really starting to transition my mind to where, oh, this is where I am now. So honestly, what helped me was I felt like I needed a purpose. And I think that's one of the things that people don't have is they don't have a purpose. And I felt like I needed a purpose to not just help myself. I am not important enough to myself for that drive. I wanted to help other people and ideally veterans. And I wanted to help veterans from being homeless. I wanted to help veterans get off of their feet and make a financial living and not take their own life due to one or two choices, whether it be in a relationship with a woman or whether it's been a financial problem. I wanted to help that financial problem because at least if I could help them financially, you know, if they want someone, they can order a male order bride. I don't know. But <laughs> All right, the conversation went a little different direction. (laughs) Yeah, but I think the purpose part is what helped me. And seeing people that I've helped who told me that they've been able to do this, they've been able to quit this job, they've been able to hire these people, they've transformed their life, and that's the real reason that it's given me. So the purpose part is what I had to find. And by finding that, that's what helped me. Nice. 
And, and I couldn't agree more with you. I mean, coming out of the military and, and having that brothership, brotherhood, and then trying to find that in corporate world, you don't always find that. And then you start yeah. asking, why am I even here? Yeah. So I appreciate that. And I actually can very much understand that to my soul. Um, but thank you. Thank you thank very you. much for that. Mm -hmm. And Art, correct me if I'm wrong. I think you were telling me the other day that you actually have, you've got a mentor too to help you with your business ventures mm -hmm. as well. Is that correct? That's correct. I've got a couple of mentors. One of the number one mentors I've got, um, I'm, I was in the gym in China. And for them, I was, I'm a big muscular black guy. So they either think that I box or they either think I play basketball for some reason. <laughs> and I always tell them that I play basketball so that they think I'm a star and then I can move forward from there. But, uh, you know, people come up to you because you're just big. And then they came up to me and he, he was talking to me. Little did I know this guy would become my mentor. He's about 62 years old. He's kind of muscular, too. He looks like uh, if you ever saw Bolo Young um, enter the dragon, he kind of looks like him, but with the ponytail. But this guy, he Damn, figured me that, out. Was yeah. that on purpose? <laughs> huh? Did you see that? What happened? Oh, this? You like this. Oh, you know. <laughs> hey, Art, I'm going to tell you right now. Mark has bicep envy, just to let you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to say it right now. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, um, and, and he, he, he became my mentor and, and long story short, he treated me out to, uh, his office. We went upstairs to his office in this tall building. And then I was like, yeah, all right, which office is yours? He said, oh, this, every, this whole floor, that one, that one, that one. So the whole floor was his. And then we went, to the rooftop because it has a great view. And then this, there was offices below it. And you say, which is that? That's his too. I didn't know that the whole building was his. So this guy, who's my mentor, he's a, he's a billionaire. And he taught me a lot about, he taught me a lot about all types of stuff, but investing into real estate was definitely one of them. He's one of the reasons why I've got uh, property in China. But he taught me more about life in general. And he said, you know, a lot of people focus on the past and the past of their problems. What we are supposed to do is focus on the future and not the past and focus on what you want to do, how you want to change, because no one else will do that for you. And I have a habit before of focusing on you know, the past or uh, let's say a client that canceled or something like that. Why? Right. But he coached me that, you know, if every one client that cancels, you get three more. That means you net two. Then it's not that much of a big deal anymore because every time you get a cancellation, you get three. And that one hit me really hard. So that, that guy was my mentor for sure. He still is. Um, yeah, amazing guy. Trust me, this guy is a billionaire. So I took first class to Shenzhen, and he was in coach class. <laughs> I thought he was going to sit beside me, right? It's crazy. 
And wherever he goes, if it's just down the street or wherever he walks, and if it's across town, he takes the bus. Yeah, you would never, you wouldn't never have noticed it. <laughs> so he's very frugal with his spending habits. Incredibly frugal. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a different type of of, of person. Yeah, um, he's got a nineteen. Wait, wait, is it two thousand three Mercedes Benz? And um, I told him about my R8. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, it, do you still communicate with him? Is he, is, I assume he lives in China. Do you still communicate with him? Yeah, I still communicate with him. I, I communicated with him, honestly, um, about three days ago. Um, last time I talked to him, he was in Canada. He took his son to uh, school in Canada. And a lot of the Chinese, the ones that have money there, they they ship their kids overseas to go to school. And I asked them, you know, a lot of a lot of the times it used to be the states that was popular. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, a lot of the Chinese are taking their kids to Canada and um, Scotland and Australia because their their news shows, you know, massacres and gun shootings, which is here. But they show it on a level that's like top headline. And then that's what they follow. Our news and their news is different. They just show them what they want them to see. And that's what's causing panic among them to take their kids to other places. I don't know. I think our news only shows what the news wants us to see, too, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but that's because I'm a conspiracy theorist living in a cabin in the middle of the woods. That's <laughs> Bill, the... Do you have anything you want to ask here? No, no, but I didn't have any questions. You actually have my you have my question list, so go, go I ahead. You, Bill. you gotta go raise your hand. Questions. You gotta raise your hand, Bill. Gosh. <laughs> Order of operation. That's why we're called Operation Limitless. Um, no, Brett did ask my question. Thanks, Brett. I appreciate that. Um, question. I, the next question I decided to come up with is like obviously achieving the status you achieved in the military um, and then achieving the status you did in business. Um, talk about one or two times, maybe even before military. I know you talked a little bit when you were a kid and working in the, in the restaurant and stuff too, but maybe talk like in the military and business where there was maybe one time or two times where you're just like to hell with this, man, I can't do this. It's just too much. And if that did happen, what did you do and or who did you have that you went to that helped you overcome that to achieve that next, to keep going on and keep pushing through? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, yeah, definitely more than two times. I'm sure for sure. Almost every time. Almost every time I wanted to quit. The thing about um, for the Marine Corps, the thing about quitting was there is no choice they don't give you that option to to quit. I mean, you do go through schools and there is a dropped on request type of thing that you can submit for. But for the most part, there ain't no option to quit. And that kind of helped keep me that mindset. There are times when business-wise, of course, I wanted to definitely quit. And um, someone told a friend of mine, what is the, how does he take failure? 
And he said he takes care of you like toilet paper. If he runs out of toilet paper, he goes to a grocery store to get it. And if the grocery store don't have it, he goes to the next grocery store. And if they don't have it, he goes to the next one and then the next one. For me, I'll take it a little bit more different. For failure to me, it's like um, doing a, a swim. Sal, you can probably relate. Doing a swim. If you're doing a swim, if you quit, you drown. So you can't quit swimming. You've got to stay afloat. You've got to keep swimming. You've got to keep moving. And um, what helped me a lot was when we've encountered so many problems, I love to just focus on Big Willie Nelson the well. And how do you eat him? Only just one bite at a time. So we fix one problem. And once you fix that one problem, it gives you the confidence to fix problem number two. And that's, that's what worked for me. And then three, and then four, and then five, and then until you're done, you're done. But you really are never done. Because I found out that these problems keep coming and they are getting bigger and bigger. It's just my mindset about how to, how to control it, how to handle it, and how to turn the problem into a checkbox instead of it actually being acknowledged as a problem. So, yeah, to answer your question, um, every single time I did quit, I kind of went back on my purpose, and then I went again, and I kept going, and then it worked or it didn't. And then I went again, and then it kept going, and then it worked or it didn't. And then I went again, and then it kept going, and then it finally worked. So eventually it worked. And that's kind of how the mindset I kept, that, 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 that Marine Corps mindset of um, failure is not an option. You can quit, but failure isn't an option. You know, go back at it again tomorrow. You know, Art, I like that. Um, <clears throat> Brett, Brett, we all talk about this, but Brett kind of taught me this too, where it's like everybody's afraid of uh, failure. And although you're right, it's it's not an option. It's okay to like not hit the mark the first time, right? And then you just go back, you regroup, you, you try something different. And I think a lot of people are afraid of that. They think if you don't hit the mark the first time, then it's like, oh, well, I failed. I'm done. And that's, that's, I don't think that's the case. And I appreciate that comment because I think a lot of times it's like, hey, look, what's your pace plan? You're going to try the first thing, your primary. What's your alternate plan? What's your contingency? What's your emergency? And people sometimes, they think it's a one shot, one kill. And it's not always that way. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Art, uh, if I could ask another question. Bill, are, were you about to ask something? Because I don't want to step in front of you. So in mountaineering terms, um, <clears throat> guides use the phrase a lot, self-rescue is the best rescue. You know, uh, we, we say that because, yes, I can tie the knot for you, but it's much better if you tie your own knot and know how to do that. And I'll be there to make sure that you've got that knot tied, because if something were to happen, I'm not going to be there for you if you, if, uh, if you fall or, you know, whatever. So self-rescue is the best rescue. So in that in that phraseology, in your world, if you were your own mentor, mm -hmm. what would you tell yourself right now? 
What advice would you give yourself today for something that you need to do tomorrow to get to to get to the next level of whatever your next goal is? Right. I think that was a very, very good question. Um, if I could put a small story behind it that can kind of help answer it, that's yeah. okay. Sure. I was telling Brett, I think I did. I was telling Brett that I wanted my garage painted. And I've been wanting it painted since almost a year now. And I was debating on doing it myself, or I was debating on hiring a company. And I, I talked to a few companies, and they told me next week, next Thursday, next Wednesday, next Thursday. And, you know, I've always been the type that when I want it done, if I really want it done, I want it done yesterday. Yeah. And um, I still haven't gotten it done. So one day I saw this company painting my neighbor's house, the whole house. And they painted the wall so fast, the whole wall. And I was thinking, wow, if they could paint the whole wall that fast, I can do my two-car garage in no time. So that moment right there, I just got in the car and went to buy the paint, and then I just did it. I didn't think about it. I didn't plan it. I didn't even, hell, I didn't even tape. You know, you're supposed to tape things. I didn't even tape things. I just <laughs> did it. And then my wife saw me struggling a little bit, and then she helped. And you know, long story short, we got it done in, in less than three hours, which I thought would take two days. Um, if I was to say, if I was going to tell myself what I should do, I would tell myself to do it. And I would write that down so that I can remember it. And when I go to the office and I look at it, I see it. I would go and do it. And the reason I would read, do it, and then do it is because we, and especially me, procrastinate so much because we want it to be perfect and then it don't get done or it didn't get done fast enough or, hell, it still hasn't gotten done yet. And if I just not even think about it and just do it, that's something that I need to remind myself every single day to do. That's awesome. That's a great, that's a great uh, response to that question. Thank you Thank for you. that. <clears throat> what color did you paint your garage? Um, she wanted it to be light gray. I chose dark gray. Dude, that was my question. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we want to be respectful of your time. So I'm going to ask everybody's probably going to ask their favorite question at this point. Um, so here's mine. You, you created this agency, you know, back when you were still in Afghanistan. Now you've grown it to be this big company that really helps what 300, you have 350 clients, 50 staff doing about $2 million in ad spend. You're controlling on Facebook every month, right? Helping people. When did you realize, or what was the defining moment where you realized you really had a talent for this or your, or your team had a talent? However, however you best say that or would think about that. Um, uh, I'm very modest. So I even people like they call me experts. I still consider myself a studier of marketing, just like a, I'm a studier of war. Um, I, I believed that 
I decided that we had a talent for it. When, when we started seeing people get results and the proof was in the pudding and we saw people grow. And uh, I think that was when we decided that, you know, we, we wanted to actually help people because if, if there was people that we can't help, then we would feel like we don't have a talent and we do not want to try to continue to help them. We're just wanting to try to fix what we can fix first. That way we can learn from our mistakes and use experience to actually become more talented at our profession. Um, I think that's when we decided that we, we well, that's when we believe that we had a talent for it is when we started seeing clients get results from from our work. Um, I have a backstory to that painting that I wanted to tell you, but I hope that answered your question. Does answer the question, yeah. Yeah, so the backstory, and that was, I was kind of talking about problems. So I think that people look at problems differently. I always look at a problem as an opportunity. So, you know, whenever we did paint that garage and we moved things around, um, you know, we I moved the cars and then I brought the cars back and then the tire got flat and I ran over a nail. So somehow a nail dropped and then I ran over it. So I... Instead of focusing on this problem that I've got now, that I've got to, how much is it going to cost? How long is it going to take? You know, I, I looked at the opportunity. Um, and as soon as that happened, I started making calls. And I started calling these companies. And every single one of them could not get me the performance tire that I needed. And then the ones that could wouldn't touch that car. They're not touching a that type of car. They don't even have a lift that can get under it. So instead of giving up, of course, I need a tire. I can't give up. I started to continue to call and call and call and call. And then I started to find people who can help me, but they can do it next Tuesday. I still want it done. It's not good enough. I still kept calling. And then I started to get people who could do it Friday. Still wasn't good enough. I started to call again, and I kept calling. I've had to call maybe over 50 people. I got someone who says he can come tomorrow. I got someone who can says he's not going to just come, who I'm not going to have to get a tow truck to go to. He's going to come to my house, come to my garage, and fix it. So long story short, I made a friend, and his name is Chad, and he's my number one guy. I can call Chad anytime, and he'll come and fix the car. And I have to thank that nail for that. That nail, that problem, that nail wasn't a problem. That nail was a solution. And it, and it helped me. It helped me a lot of stuff. It helped me find a 24-7 tow truck that would tow me from anywhere in the nation. And it helped me meet a good guy. His name is Chad. And he can help me with anything with the car. I don't even have to go to the dealership anymore. He's going to come to my garage. Thank you, Nell. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome story. I love that answer. That's the greatest answer we've had to date. I love that. <laughs> and and uh, yeah, this is, a great, this is a great story. And Bill has a question. He has to jump off real quick to take care of some of them. Bill, you want to ask your question? I think Mark and Sally each have theirs. Yeah, um, just real quick. <clears throat> 
like obviously like you've overcome a lot to achieve where you're at today. Um, and there's no doubt, um, you know, military, um, Olympians, people retire from something they've done for so long when they retire and they make, try to make that transition. There's a loss of identity. Um, what would you, what are some words of advice that <clears throat> you would have for those military personnel that maybe are getting ready or thinking about retiring as well as those that have retired that are, that are struggling with that transition? Um, some words of advice, I believe for them, if they are thinking about retiring or retiring and transitioning is, you know, you, you need to find, a, like I said before, you need to find a purpose for what you want to not only work for, but what you want to live for. And I know how hard it is to find that purpose. Sometimes it takes time. And, you know, going from a really, you know, strong community to the civilian world and, you know, not fitting in and not knowing what you're, what you're supposed to do. Um, that's going to, that's very, very rough. And I think that it's going to require a lot of dedication and time to finding your purpose. And that purpose could be anything, but I think that's the number one thing and everyone has a different purpose. My advice is do something that you love doing. Don't try to change who you are and try your best to turn that into a monetization effort. Love it. Mark, do you have a final question for Art? No, um, but I do want to connect with you offline, Art. Um, I'm, I, want to, I want a written copy of that story about the mail. Okay. No can, you, can you can you send that to me and 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 then the next question is going to be will you allow me to put that into a book i'm writing called the warrior state of mind absolutely because that thank was you. that's an awesome story it'll be honored thank you cool <laughs> sal how about you do you have a, a last question for art before we let him go no i think he answered it with the nail story because i was going to say give me a time when adversity turned into an opportunity and i think that that's the best description that that's the best answer so yeah no i'm good thank you yeah so i didn't tell you guys the art psychic and so he answered your question in advance so <laughs> he's got a psychic hotline 1-800-ART uh, <laughs> <laughs> well uh art tell us best way to communicate with you find you i've got your cpcninja.com up on the screen but um, if somebody wanted to work with your agency, let's say, um, do you, what would you want people to know? Obviously, cpcninja.com, but do you have a specific email? Do you have a profile on social media like people to follow? What, what do you have? Yeah, if, if you go straight to the website, cpcninja.com, uh, you'll see a apply button and you can apply to become a client or you can definitely email me. My name is Art. And our email is art at cpcninja.com. Um, and that's, that'd be one of the best ways to, to get in touch with me as well. But if you went through the site directly, you'll, uh, you can submit your form and then we'll be able to get in touch with you directly as well. And, and then I'll reach out to you privately. Um, that's one of the best ways to, to get in touch with me, just through the website, uh, cpcninja.com. 
And I just put your, your emails up on the screen too. So art at cpcninja.com. Uh, I just want to say thank you very much for being on the show. I, I know we could go a lot deeper into a whole bunch of things, but, um, you know, we, we really value your time and your story and, and thank you very much. And uh, guys, anything before we sign off? No. I, yeah. No, thank you. We appreciate it. This time. Thank you so much, too. It was an honor. And with that, as with always, if you uh, have any questions, comments, concerns, have an uh, interview you'd like us to do with somebody, you can reach us at info at operationlimitless.com. And uh, we'll be glad to do that. And from all of us here in the studio, uh, have a limitless day.